gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Namis Gerald Garrett, Ikban Funfun Swanzing Yaga out. Now that is me saying my name in German and announcing that I am 25 years old in German. Again, I told you guys last week I am at least going to give you my name and my how old I am last week and tell you that I am learning German. So that was me introducing myself and tell you how old I am. But without further ado, welcome to my two cents podcast, uh, hosted by. G2. That would be me. I want to thank you all for uh, listening to this. Just want to get that out the way because um, let's start with gratitude. I'm glad to be here talking to you guys. I'm glad that you clicked on this and want to hear from me. I'm just glad. I'm thankful just to be alive right now because honestly, a lot of people aren't here that didn't get the opportunity or at least get the chance to be here willingly. and. What I'm talking about is the 9-11 uh, disasters, because yesterday was the celebration, well, the memory, the memorial of 9-11 after 20 years. And I was harping on this for the last two episodes because of America going out of Afghanistan and what would happen. And apparently nothing happened. People were able to uh, remember their family members and loved ones that died in 9-11 and they even had a big ceremony over in New York City for that. Um, but again, I don't want it to be lost to anybody. We need to have gratitude every day because we are here to still breathe and live and see our loved ones and talk to people that we do care about. So if you feel that like you ever want to talk to somebody, remember you have loved ones here, you have people around you and if you feel that you don't have nobody around you i would suggest you probably go online and just email somebody you start emailing somebody random just to see if you get pick up conversation or play some video games online or if you don't want to play video games online just pick up a video game pick up a book to read play some cards do something that will entice your mind and just bring you about some enjoyment it won't bring no harm to nobody but just bring some enjoyment to you so again, I want to start off with gratitude. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be around my family. I'm just thankful to be a 25-year-old black man in the South, which has a bad reputation if you just use that on the surface level. But where I was raised, it was a fairly nice neighborhood. So I had a nice. I didn't grow up in like any type of bad area or anything. That didn't happen. But again, the stigma of me being born up in the South has some stigma to it. So you're around confederate flags from time to time you'll see and you'll be like have a bad taste in your mouth but i was able to go to the beach uh whatever my parents did take me and that was often so i had a good childhood and i'm just grateful to just still have my family around and just still be able to be around them i forgot to give you guys the national food days of the week i am so sorry that just i just want to start off with gratitude i'm sorry but um let me get to national food days of the week Today, September 12th, is Chocolate Milkshake Day. Tomorrow, September 13th, it will be Peanut Day. September 14th will be Cream-Filled Donut Day. September 15th will be Double Cheeseburger Day and also Creme de Monte. 
Day and also Linguini Day. September 16th will be Guacamole Day and also Cinnamon Raisin Bread Day. September 17th, Apple Dumpling Day and Monte Cristo Day. And September 18th will be Play-Doh Day and Cheeseburger Day. I don't suggest you to eat Play-Doh, just play around with your kids with the Play-Doh. And if they're going to make you some type of fake food, which we've all seen children make uh, fake food with Play-Doh, you know the drill, just act like you're eating it, but you don't really eat it. Just want to clarify that. Now that that's out of the way, let me go back to 9-11 uh, for this. Yesterday was a peaceful day. I didn't see nothing happening on the timeline. I just saw people having nothing but uh, tributes to lost family members and loved ones. So again, have some gratitude. If you haven't lost nobody from 9-11, be grateful for that. If you have, I want you to please connect with other people that have lost with other people from 9-11 because you are not alone in this. People have lost other individuals and just know that you're not alone in this whole thing called life that we are living in. I just want to start that off and I'm going to continue to start off with, um, oh, I forgot to give you guys the episode title. Today's episode title is called Stop It. I have to say that because the next topic I really want to talk about is celebrities deaths that happened this uh, past week. We lost Michael K. Williams, who was a pro prominent uh black actor he was a star on the wire he did some uh stuff on boardwalk empire he i believe his last like credit like credit of work was uh lovecraft country that was an hbo series i didn't watch that but i saw a clip of him on it he was a great actor in the part that he was in but i didn't know much about michael k williams except that he had a scar on his face and uh, he passed away this week. There's been speculations, and I'm not going to say what really happened to the idea, but there's been speculations of what happened. And what they deem have happened is that he had an overdose. And um, it kind of coincides with other celebrities that did die this past week. With another uh, pair of celebrities that died was a comedian, act, a comedian called Fruquan Johnson. And another comedian actor whose name was um, Enrico Coglegani, I believe. I'm sorry for butchering your name, but um, Coglegani. I'm sorry for butchering your name, but those two, Fuquan, Enrico, and Michael K. Williams all passed. And the one thing that's really like brought this whole thing together is off of some type of overdose. Well, in Michael K. Williams' uh, situation, they are speculating that it was an overdose, an accidental overdose of a type of drug. But for Fuquan and the other gentlemen that I did name, they did say it was from a cocaine laced with fentanyl. And I don't know what fentanyl is. Whenever I heard about fentanyl, I didn't know what it was. I know what cocaine is because that's a simple thing. But I didn't know what fentanyl is until I read up on it and in layman's terms, fentanyl is a strong medical uh, medicine made from opioids. Uh, it's up to 100 times stronger than any other opioids like uh, morphine, heroin, or oxycodone. Drug dealers often sell fentanyl as fake oxycodone. I know what oxycodone is because that's a strong drug they uh, doctors used to try to prescribe people with. I never got prescribed with oxycodone ever in my life. And even if I would have been uh, prescribed to it. I knew where to throw it out because I've seen too many rappers uh, use oxycodone. People talk about it. I've, I'm a guy that watches and observes things. So whenever somebody says, yo, 
you probably want to stay off this type of situation or you probably want to steer away from this. I lead down the path of, yeah, I'm going to take that advice and probably lead off and wing off myself away from this type of situation because I don't ever want to be a part of something that gets myself hooked onto something because I don't like to be a guy that's hooked onto any type of substance. I don't like it. I like, if anything, I like just trying to be natural. And if I have to take any type of painkiller, I'll take like ibuprofen or um, some type of headache. Uh, medication just to try to relieve my headaches because that's the only type of pain I usually get is headaches. So, uh, but ibuprofen usually does the job. But, um, fentanyl, I still don't understand why. Knowing what fentanyl is, right? It says 100 times stronger than opioids. And you know what opioids is? They uh, treat sudden and ongoing pain. They're supposed to be some type of strong medicine as well. Why on God's green would a drug dealer want to lace up product with fentanyl? I'm not understanding. You are, okay, drugs, again, kids, stay away from it. Stay away from it. Don't do drugs at all. I just want to put that cautionary tale out there right now. But for the adults that have done drugs, and probably still are doing drugs right now, no matter what I say to you, I'm just going to speak to you right now. Why do drug dealers lace up uh, their drugs with fentanyl. Apparently that's been going on for a good while now because they decided, to, not they, but people decided to bring back up a star that died last year during the pandemic in April 2020. And this is coming from People uh, Magazine. Uh, the title reads, The Flash Star, Logan Williams died of accidental fentanyl overdose. The coroner confirms. And they just published this this week on the 9th of September, as it reads in a report shared with people Thursday, the coroner's service of British Columbia determined that the 16 year old actor died of unintentional illicit drug toxicity, fentanyl classified as accidental on April 2nd, 2020. The scene star made a name for himself playing a young Barry Allen on the CW's The Flash and died suddenly last spring. His mother confirmed to local newspaper, the Tri-City News at the time. The mother says she and her family were absolutely devastated, telling the New York Post that Logan has struggled with addiction for three years. Um, and as it continues, reads, the mother said she discovered her son was using marijuana at the age of 13 and that he eventually progressed into harder drugs. She continued on saying she didn't know for sure when he began using fentanyl, a synthetic opioid pain reliever that creates a heroin-like effect on the body according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, a.k.a. the CDC. Ogun was in complete denial because he was ashamed of his addiction, the mother said, adding that he had been living in a group home after spending a month in a facility in British Columbia in 2019. See, this is breaking me not understand why drug dealers want to put fentanyl into their drugs they're going to be selling to somebody. Okay, you make a deal with somebody, you give them what they ask for. If they ask you for marijuana, you just give it to them without no type of thing. You don't put angel dust, you don't put fentanyl, you don't try to lace their drugs up. If somebody asks for cocaine, you give them cocaine, even though cocaine is still damaging, but you don't lace up their drugs. The whole point is you give somebody what they ask for. If I ask for a God-blessed chicken sandwich and I get a hamburger back, I'm going to be furious and say, yo, this isn't what I asked for. Give me my chicken sandwich or give me my money back. Do, do something like that. But in the case of drugs, you can't do that because on the outside, 
it's going to be all looking the same. Cocaine probably looks the same. I don't know. I get it. I want to preference this. I have no idea because I've never done drugs. I've never looked at drugs. I just want to preference that again. But from where I've seen videos and I've seen people talk about it, they don't ever know that it's ever been laced until they actually use the products. So from my understanding is, on the outside, everything looks natural and normal the way it's supposed to until you actually start using the product. So if somebody started using cocaine, they won't know that something's wrong or is a bad batch until they sniff it and then they have some other side effects. Marijuana, the same thing. People won't know until they start smoking it and then they start having some side effects. As a drug dealer, why would you want to lace up somebody's uh, substance that you're going to give them? Why would you do that? You're already going to get paid. It makes no sense. You already have a customer willing to buy from you. Why are you going to try to screw them over? What benefits that for you? If anything, you're losing a customer because they're going to say they don't ever want to go buy that type of drug from you. Again, I'm looking at it from a common sense standpoint. Yes, drugs are still illegal. Certain drugs are still illegal in this whole country that we live in. Marijuana is legal in certain parts. Certain parts is not. Cocaine is still banned and illegal throughout the whole America system from my understanding. And any other type of drug, I don't know though any other more. I just know those type of like, those are the two like hardcore, not even hardcore. Cocaine's hardcore, but marijuana's not. But you get the drift. Those are the two drugs that I just like know about because of television and movies and music and everything else. But as a common person looking at it on the outside, why would you want to screw with your customer? Why? It makes no business sense at all. You're going to screw them over and you're going to lose business. Yes, you got their money this time and say, ha ha, sucker. But you're losing out on them going back to you for the supply again. It makes no sense. Just sell them what they ask for. If they ask for marijuana, give them the marijuana they want. If they ask for any type of other type of substance or drug, give them the drug that they're asking for. Don't lace it. It makes no sense. Why would you do it? You're losing out on money. You're losing out on customer. And my understanding of life is if you are a supplier, you need money and you need a person to supply your drug to. And if you don't have money, that means you can't constantly sell. You have a whole lot of product that you don't like sell out to anybody. So that means you have no money and you have a big batch of product. If you have a supplier, you are getting money and you're taking away some of your product and you're just giving it off to other people and they can spread that they got their substance from you word of mouth. See, that's basic marketing one-on-one word of mouth. You can't do it on social media because, well, police officers and everybody are watching you like a hawk if you are selling drugs. But word of mouth, basic word of mouth is the greatest advertising that anybody can give. So if you are selling some type of substance. I am not advocating for this. I am just speaking out of reality terms because we are living in a real reality situation right here. This isn't make-believe, ladies and gentlemen. Why would you lace up your product and sell it off to somebody else whenever they didn't ask for that? You might think, well, I'm trying to enhance their, uh, enhance it for them. I'm, not, I'm trying to give them a better high so that they will say, oh my God, this is the best I ever gotten. And they really spread it out word of mouth and other people really want to start flooding you and go to you for that drug. 
But if you're going to do that, you need to tell them, hey, yo, I put uh, some type of drug in here. They can make your high better, but you need to take this amount of it at a time. Same thing where I listen to uh, comedians talk about their experience with, uh, they go to a weed shop and they get uh, medical uh, edibles. And people talk about how edibles are, they first thought was, oh my God, they could just eat this brownie or eat this cookie, whatever type of edible that they got. And they think that nothing will happen to them. And then a store clerk or someone will try to tell them, okay, yo, you need to take this much. As a matter of fact, there's a story that I need to play for you guys right now. I believe it's from a comedian, Josh Wolf, and I'm about to play that audio for you right now so you can understand exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, here's a story from Josh Wolf talking about his experience uh, eating an edible and how he thought that nothing was going to happen. So for those of you who don't know, the edibles kind of fuck you up. <laughs> I did not know that. So I went in. Now listen, something you need to know about me is I... I fucking love blueberry muffins. So I walk into the weed store and I'm like, are those blueberry muffins? And the guy was like, yeah. And I said, uh, does that have weed in it? And he said, yeah. And I was like, I'll have a blueberry muffin. So my weed store has like a little area where you can smoke and watch DVDs and shit. And I just put in Chappelle season one. <laughs> Fucking great. And I'm literally <laughs> licking my fingers when the guy runs in. He goes, You didn't eat that whole muffin, did you? <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> Tell me you didn't eat that whole muffin right now all at once, did you? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, all right, listen, and I'm not fucking around right now. Either give me the keys to your car or drive home right now. And I said, I said, what? And he goes, I'm telling you, leave here right now or prepare to be here for eight hours. I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, you ate that whole muffin, man. He goes, I own this place. I would only eat half if I was at home. I was like, fuck me. Uh, he was right. I was high for eight hours. That's one of those highs where you're like, I, hope, I have kids, man. I had to pull one of these. I, I walked into the house, I was like, Daddy's sick, don't come in the room. <laughs> Click, and then I peeked my head out, I was like, don't, no matter what you hear from this room, do not come in here. It was bad. Except like an hour later, I was like, except I could use some orange juice. Now, that was the comedian Josh Wolf's uh, story on medical muffin emergency. That's coming from the Laugh Factory on YouTube. If you want to look at it, you can watch it and actually see him uh, convey how he did everything. But anyway, that's the whole point of the story. And my whole point is, if you're going to get a drug from somebody, but if you're the drug dealer, you need to inform the person that's going to be buying from you what you did to that 
drug. You need to tell them what's in it. You need to tell them, hey, yo, this is like regular cocaine. I did nothing to them. This is their standard cocaine, or this might be better than other people and tell them what makes it better. Or if you did do something to it to increase somebody's high or increase somebody's uh, wanting them to feel good about taking your uh, batch, you need to inform them what you did do. I put uh, angel dust in this to try to increase the high. I try to put fentanyl in it, but you need to take this much of the substance. You need to give a perimeter of what you have done to that substance to let your consumer know, okay, this is what happened, and let your consumer take the safety precautions that they need to because certain people use drugs to uh, suppress reality. Certain people use it to heighten uh, an experience for them. Certain people just take it because they need to. Uh, not need to, need to, but like they actually like want to take it because that's their daily regimen of doing something. I'm never going to be an advocate for drugs per se. I'm not going to be saying, yay, take it, do that. No, I'm saying, gonna, I'm going to tell you every time somebody asks me, Gerald, can, do you ever want to do a drug? I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do a drug because people have the ability to get hooked onto something like that. And I'm never going to be the type of guy that wants to be hooked onto a drug. So Drugs are always out of my wheelhouse. Same thing with alcohol. Out of my wheelhouse. So I'm never going to be like a complete like, yay for it. I'm like, nah, I'm good. But I will say this on the flip side. and Not even really, really a flip side. If somebody were to give me it, I'm like, nah, I'm good. And I'll probably trash it away or do something to it. I'm just saying that if you want to legalize all any type of drug, because marijuana, cocaine, uh, crack, heroin, whatever, because people are going to say you shouldn't make this stuff legal. People are going to say you shouldn't make it legal. I don't have a I don't have a foot in this fight at all because you know what? I don't do any of these uh, substances. But what I will say is this. You need to have a safety perimeter on all these things if you are going to make it legal. And if you aren't going to make it legal, you still need to have a safety perimeter around it and tell them the benefactors, tell the people, why you shouldn't take this but if you do happen to take it because we deal in reality folks and this is reality you can tell people don't take it people are still going to take it and just say okay if you don't listen to my advice listen to this if you happen to take this take this amount of it so you can still maintain your regular life but you can enjoy the benefits or the substance of said drug and this is a PSA that a government should say, even though the government are going to say, no, we do not endorse anything. Yeah, 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 you don't endorse it. But guess what? America doesn't endorse alcohol like that. They really don't, if we're really going to be honest. America doesn't endorse it, but they sell it and they say they're cool with it because of one thing, one thing only. Uncle Sam gets a good, good fat old check from all these alcohol companies. So that's why they're going to say, yeah, go ahead, run your ads. But you have to tell these people, enjoy in uh drink responsibly or take and even in certain uh alcoholic uh commercials you hear don't drink and drive uh drink responsibly or something of that magnitude even in the commercial that's your PSA for a commercial telling you yes you can enjoy our product but you need to do it in moderation and don't drink and drive and all these type of things this should be a PSA for the government say hey yo we don't advertise you guys using marijuana but you guys are the people and you guys do happen to do some type of drugs because we're not ignorant to the point 
here's the limits of what you need to take so you can still maintain your regular life. Yet again, that general people might say, Joe, that's a fantasy world that you're living in. No, I'm living in reality, which people should be doing. People don't want to do it because that's just going to take extra time for them. But if you so-called care about the people, which the government always claimed that they do, we care about the people, we care, we care. Well, guess what you do? You send out a PSA like that so people that are even on the fence of doing said drug can look at it and get the right uh, knowledge that they need to say, okay, if I'm going to do this drug, I need to have this amount or okay, this is the reason why I'm not doing this drug, because if I take this amount, da 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 but if I happen to even go even a little step further off of that, I'm going to be dealing with this, this, this. Give them the right stuff that they need so they can have the right educated mindset to say, are they going to do it? They're not going to do it. Or even if they're on the fence, they give them the right knowledge and right tools to give them that option to jump off the fence or jump across it. Um, but again, I want to give a recipe again to Michael K. Williams, Fuquan Johnson, and Enrique, and yes, Enrico uh, Coglin Kolingi. I'm sorry for butchering your name, man. I really am. But dude, I just don't know how to say that last name. But I do want to give those three uh, people uh, rest in peace because they were the people that were dying. Well, they did die this week of some type of. Well, in Michael K. Williams, is it a legend? But in Fu Quan and in Enrico's case, it was certified. So of some type of uh, drug, uh, elusive drug being uh, with fentanyl in it. So again, if you're a drug dealer and you're listening to this, so and I'm just going to be blunt with you. If you're listening to me, by God, I don't know how you even popped up on my thing. But, hey, I enjoy you being here. I'm just hoping that you did learn something from me just saying this to you. Do not lace up your drug. Because, one, you're killing off a, a customer, and you're going to be ruining yourself in the process of it. Again, I do not, and I always got to say this, I do not, and I repeat, do not. <laughs> I do not co-sign using drugs. I don't co-sign drinking alcohol. I don't co-sign doing any of those type of substances at all. I just happen to live in a reality that I know that people are going to do it. So I just wanted to give out the best type of advice that I can give so people can maintain life and continue to live life and see their people and see another day every day that they live. So again, I don't endorse it. I don't do none of it, but I am going to give out information and my ideas of what should happen. So people that are going to be buying your products can constantly live on this earth and see their people and get to enjoy their life as they see fit. So again, rest in peace to these gentlemen and uh, drug dealers. Please stop it. Stop lacing up your uh, your uh, products with these type of things because it's not cool. It's not right at all. Don't do that. Give the people what they paid for so they can constantly live out their day and you uh, at least live out yours because you're getting paid from it. So stop leasing your drugs. Thank you. Now I want to go on to uh, another topic that I find, yet again, this is another stop it that I want people to do. This is coming from Yahoo News, and the title is, Two Florida Middle Schoolers Arrested for Allegedly Plotting Mass School Shooting. As it reads, two Florida middle schoolers with an apparent interest in the Columbine High School massacre 
who are allegedly plotting to carry out a school shooting of their own until a teacher was tipped off about a possible concealed weapon, authorities said. The teacher at Hearns Marsh Middle School in La High Acres near Fort Myers alerted school uh, administrators and a school resource officer about the tip from students Wednesday, authorities said. A search of an 8th grader's backpack did not turn up a gun, but administrators allegedly found a map that contains markings indicating the location of each of the school's interior cameras, Lee County Sheriff Carmen Marcino said during a press briefing Thursday afternoon. An investigation by the office, office's Youth Services Criminal Investigation Division ultimately identified two students, a 13- and a 14-year-old, involved in a plot to carry out a school shooting, Marcino said. The pair were extensively studying the 1999 Columbine High School shooting in which two teens killed 13 people in attempting to learn how to construct pipe bombs, the sheriff said. Searches of their homes allegedly found disturbing evidence, including a gun and several knives, he said. This could have turned disastrous, Marcino said. We were one second away from Columbine here. The sheriff also linked the foiled plot to the next Parkland massacre, the 2018 school shooting in which a teen fatally shot 17 people at a high school in Parkland, Florida, but we stopped them in the planning stages, he said. The two students, who were both known to authorities as deputies, have visited their homes nearly 80 times combined, will be charged with conspiracy to commit a mass shooting, according to the sheriff. Let me just stop it right there. Just read that. The two students who were known to the authorities as deputies have visited their homes nearly 80 times combined. Breaking that up, that's 40 apiece for two students. What? What's going on? You mean to tell me, okay, we got child protective services. There's 13 and 14 year old children. You mean to tell me child protective services, they need to at least grab those 13 and 14 year old out of that house to see what's up, put them into therapy, put them into these programs. You mean to tell me that we as a society, you guys as officers, went to their homes 80 times combined, 40 times separately, did not see something wrong with that? Literally. You guys didn't see nothing wrong with that. You guys didn't at least think of anything was going to happen. One, I'm glad nothing happened to uh, these children at this middle school. I'm glad that everything was stopped before anything could happen. Let me make that perfectly clear here. But I want to rag on the police officers for a minute. You guys go to these houses. You guys know these families. You guys know if the family has a bad reputation around uh, the county because or community because... Communities talk, every community talks. It doesn't matter if you're in a small community, big community, middle community, rich community, poor community, middle class community. The community talks with each other. And police officers know which houses are fine, which houses they'll never get a call from, and which house they know they're going to get a call from every day of the week, or at least every week. Police officers know that if you are a cop around that community. So just reading that off, 80 times combined, 40 separately, if you were to do the math, you guys couldn't tell me that something, that you guys didn't think something was going to happen? You guys didn't seem to tell yourselves that, hey, yo, we kind of have a problem here. After knowing all this, it's finally dinged on your heads that, yo, we could have had the next uh, mass murderers here, the next infamous mass murderers here. How? What were the callings on in these houses? What, what happened? 
Was it a family dispute? The mother and father fight each other? It was the kid. You guys got to give people something. I'm not saying give us every detail, but if people are putting in papers that you guys went to their houses 80 times, 40 times separately, yet again, I got to do the math evenly here. Why was that not on your radar to say, yo, we need to really, really hone in on these kids? We need to take these kids out of this home. We need to put them into some type of therapy. We need to do something. Police officers, that's your job. You're supposed to be protect and serve. You guys did protect and serve on this one because you guys did stop uh, uh, <laughs> a situation that could have went completely awry here. You did. But you guys should have stopped it earlier by going to somebody's house 40 times. How do you not say to yourself as an officer, hey, yo, we need to probably take these kids out. We need to talk to somebody to get these kids out of this environment. Something needs to be done because if you're a police officer and you go to somebody's house that many times, you know who's some, you know what's up in the house. You know what's up in that house. You can say to yourself, oh my God, another domestic abuse from this exact same household again. Here we go. There's another one and another one. And I get it. As an officer, you're only there to do your job. The parents are going to do whatever they want. The kids are going to do whatever they want. The people in the household are going to do whatever they want. But if Child Protective Services, an agency that can come into your house and deem your house unacceptable for a child to live in and take your child away from you, I believe a police officer should be able to say, okay, yo, we've been to your house 30 or some odd times, a big absorbent amount of times to say, hey, yo, okay, this is going to change it. You got to leave. You got to leave. This is not a court order. No, this is us telling you, you got to leave this house now. You can't have the communication, no nothing. You got to go to therapy. Something has to be done if you go to somebody's house that many times. And now it drops on your lap and now you put all the pieces together. Oh, my God. This could have happened if we didn't pay attention. We we weren't paying attention to it. Ah, oh, my God. Children, within the sounding, with the earshot of my voice right now, I want you guys to understand that killing people in your classrooms, killing people in the schoolhouses, is not the right way to go about somebody messing with you, if somebody's messing with you. Because I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I'm just going to go off the ledge of saying, go. I'm going to sit on the ledge here and just dabble my feet off the ledge and say that if you are being bullied, killing people in the school is not the way to go. Because one, yes, you might kill your bully, but you're still going to be in a fit of rage because other people are going to be trying to run away from you. Certain people are going to try to play hero and try to gather the gun from you, and you might accidentally shoot them in the process, and you didn't mean to shoot them. You just meant to kill your bully. That's just what happens, and certain people said certain people go into the mindset of going over there and just killing their bully so they could be done with it. Don't do that because the bully has a family which will miss their person. Don't do that. I say deal. I'm not going to say deal with it on your own. No, 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 because that's a cop-out because that's giving like credence to say, oh, my God, you're letting the bully off the hook. No, 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 no. I'm never going to let the bullies off the hook ever in my lifetime. I would say tell every person, tell the officials, tell the school officers, call up a, no, 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 go to your teacher, go to your principal, then go to your resource officer, then go to every type of adult that will listen to you about said bully that's bullying you or messing with you because as much as you complain to them, they're going to know that they might not pay attention to the first time. 
which they should pay attention to it the first time they should. I'm not going to let them off the hook neither. Again, I'm not letting nobody off the hook. If they don't pay attention to you the first time, you run back to them and say, hey, yo, this person's bothering me. You guys can take care of it. Take care of this before I do something. You then now are giving the heads up to them. Hey, yo, okay. There's now been a situation that's been awry. You tell them, hey, yo, this person has been bothering you and you're about to handle this your way. So now you at least told them, hey, yo, I'm giving you guys enough opportunities here to take care of this because if I do something, it's not going to be good. And that's always the case. You need to also tell your parents. I don't care if your parents don't want to listen to it. Make them listen and tell them, hey, yo, somebody's messing with me. And then after that, if your parents tell you to do something, you got to find it within yourself to say, is this good for you to do it? Do you feel that you want to do it this? Okay? So, again, that's me going off the bullying side of the aspect. So now let me go over to the side of people just want to be fascinating and want to do what they saw other kids doing. Don't do that. Do not commit mass murder school shootings if you just happen to think that, oh my God, this was a such and such idea or this was you're studying it and then you get fascinated and say you want to do it. No, 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 no. Do not do that. Do not kill up multiple students and multiple people in a classroom, in a school for just because for notoriety or for fame or just want to be on the exact same level as the Columbine kids or the Parkland shooting. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. There are innocent kids. There are innocent adults in these situations. Don't do that. If anything, you want to just probably, if you're going to do something, get into some type of sport. Do football. Do basketball. Do uh, wrestling. Do mixed martial arts. Do something that you can exude energy and get some of your violence out that you feel uh, built up in you. Because, again, we are all human beings. We all have violence built up in us every single day because somebody's going to tick you off and it's going to be building up in you. And then one day you might explode and then punch somebody that didn't really even mean to even mess with you like that. And that you just built all this anger up and you had to just let it out. Again, this is me just paraphrasing this and just having to say this. I just need kids to stop using guns. Stop going to your parents' household and grabbing the guns and then going to the school and shooting up or using the gun and you might accidentally shoot it off and kill somebody and you now being labeled as a killer. You'll have that label on you for the rest of your life. Your parents will then have the label of um, bad parents because they didn't, they will always have the stigma of you didn't look after my kid. No, you didn't look after your own kid, which now leaves my kid dead because you didn't do what you were supposed to do as a parent. Don't do that to your parent because it's not fair to them. And don't do that to yourself because it's not fair to you to be labeled as a killer. Do not do any of these things. Please just sign yourself up for some type of extracurricular activity. Make friends. Do something of that magnitude because when you do that, one, you're getting somebody, you're getting somebody to talk to. You're able to do some type of activity that gets your anger out. And most importantly, you're just being able to just release yourself. You're just being, get that weight off your shoulder so you can breathe again and then you can go back to being yourself and go back to your days as it was going on uh, before anybody was messing with you. Now, I want to flip over to a bully right here. If you are a bully, I want you to understand you might be on somebody's list right now. 
if you don't know what I'm saying to you, if you used to bully somebody or you are bullying somebody, you need to stop it. Because you could be on somebody's list and they might want to take you out. If you haven't watched the movie, I want to say it's uh, Billy Madison. Was it Billy Madison? Hold on one second. I believe it was Billy Madison. Hold on. Yes, it was Billy Madison. Uh, Billy Madison was a guy played by Adam Sandler. Uh, he was a rich kid who was a slacker, but in school he kind of bullied certain individuals. But now he has to redo uh, elementary all the way up to high school because he found out his father basically paid for him to basically get out of school, pay from in to be in school and get out. Get long story short here. In the movie, there is a scene wherever Billy has a moment of clarity that he has to call up a person that he used to bully, played by Steve uh, Buscemi, and he calls him up and he apologizes for bullying him back in the day, and he even asks him to go out for a couple of drinks later, sometime later. And Steve Buscemi appreciates the apology. He says, you know what, I'll take you up on that offer, and they hang up the phone, and they keep the camera on Steve Buscemi. He walks over to a list, and it has Billy's name on it, and he crosses it out, and the list is people to kill. I believe these were people that were bullying him or people that used to mess with him. So he now marks Billy's name off because Billy apologized to him. And now he's now off of his hit list. And also at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, which shouldn't be a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Billy Madison, go and watch it. It's a nice movie. It gives you some type of uh, entertainment value and also some importance value of don't bully somebody. And if you did, you can always apologize and pay up for it later. Steve Buscemi ends up saving uh, Billy at the end of it because uh, Billy's arch rival in the movie was trying to uh, hurt him. And out of nowhere, he gets shot in the butt by Steve Buscemi. So Steve Buscemi ends up saving Billy Madison in the movie. There you go. So if you are a bully, one, stop bullying people because you don't know if you might be on somebody's hit list and they just might straight up just not take heed to my warnings that I gave earlier. Just matter of fact, a couple minutes ago. And just say, you know, screw this guy. This guy don't know my pain. You don't know what I've been dealing with. And he goes to school and just shoot up the bully or shoot up you. That might be the bullying somebody. Stop bullying people. Stop it. Bullying should not exist anymore. It should have never started in the beginning. But hey, it was around for so long and people just got used to it. But now we are in an age where people are showing out uh, bad behavior. Bad behaviors getting stomped out from time to time. Certain people still living out, living these bad behaviors. But bullying should be ended right now. If you're a bully, quit it. Because you don't know if you're on somebody's hit list and you don't know when that day might come for you. I'm just going to be blunt with you. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to try to even uh, dance around it. You don't know if somebody might be not be in the right headspace and just want to kill you because you said something wrong to them. You might have been doing something to them wrong. So again, stop being a bully because you don't know when you're time might be up and if you were a bully and you happen to see a person that you bullied please take time out of your day to take to step aside measures them email them talk to them in person and say hey yo i'm sorry and actually have regret for bullying them that's what you need to do you need to actually have regret for bullying them and say hey yo this was when i was in a bad spot i was in a bad place or something of that nature if you were literally in a bad spot don't just say oh i was in a bad spot bad space when you were in one just apologize for bullying this person. And you don't understand the type of importance that does to somebody that was bullied to get an apology from somebody that was bullying you all this time. It makes a big deal of difference. So again, 
apologize if you were a bully in the past tense, but if you are a current bully, don't do it. Stop it now and still apologize to your victims that you did bully back in that day, back in your time, and you're still doing it now. Apologize and stop it. So bullies, stop it. Don't be a bully. And people that are being bullied, please join some extracurricular activities. Uh, step out of your comfort zone and make some friends. Tell teachers, tell resource officers, tell anybody that has ears that are grown and in power. Tell them what's going on. And then more than likely, hopefully somebody will do something about this before God forbid you take it into your hands. And you might just snap one day and commit a crime that you will regret for the rest of your life. So again, bullies stop it. And kids that are being bullies, talk to resource officers, make friends, and just join an extracurricular activity so you can just get rid of all that pent up anger off of you. So again, stop it. My next topic and my final topic is about a clip that has been uh, surfacing this week. And it's from uh, Candace Owens' uh, show that she did about a good two years ago with a guy named Larry Elder. He's a politician that I believe that he's running for office in California right now. I'm not sure if he is, but anyway, uh, there's a clip that's been rolling around for this past week. And it's about uh, Larry Elder, Elder talking to Candace Owens. And they were on the topic of reparations. And they're both uh, conservatives, which is basically Republicans. Yet again, these labels, I'm just starting to learn exactly what uh, conservatives and liberals mean. So again... I don't really pay attention to all that anyway. But anyway, they're having this con uh, conversation and the topics came about uh, reparations. And Larry uh, Elder said this in the video, when people talk about reparations, do they really want to have that conversation? Like it or not, slavery was legal. Elder said their legal property was taken from them after the Civil War. So you can make an argument that the people that are older reparations are not only just black people, but also the people whose properties were taken away after the end of the Civil War. So again, this conversation happened two years ago on uh, Candace Owens' show, and the clip is just starting to be recirculated around. And let me explain something to you right now. I didn't know who this man was. When I read the title, I was like, this guy is tripping, tripping. And then still, this man is tripping, tripping off the idea that slavery owners should be paid reparations. And people on Twitter were having a blast at this guy right now. Do you understand? The people were saying, matter of fact, I'm going to read you some tweets off right here. One guy tweeted, Larry Elder said, slave owners deserve reparations because they lost their property when slavery was abolished. If you don't see a problem with that, then something is seriously wrong with you. Another person tweeted out, First, Candace Owens releases a video on how black people should thank white people for ending slavery for them. Then Larry Elder agrees, well, argues that slave owners' families are victims of slavery abolition. It's almost like their popularity, money, depends on appeasing specific people. And they put specific in quotes. Another person tweeted out, Here's Larry Elder doing some great A cooning and arguing that slave owners were rightfully owed reparation because their property in quotation marks were taken. I guess it doesn't matter to him that the so-called property were people, our ancestors, are the butter biscuits really that good. Another person tweeted out in an effort to deflect away questions of reparations to black people, 
Larry Elder brings up offering reparations to the white slave owners like they did in the UK, except the US did that already. Another person tweets out, here's a video of Larry Elder making the argument for slave owners to receive reparations for losing their property, black slaves, and of course, Candace Owens is part of the discussion. And D.L. Hughley tweets out, Larry Elder saying the families of former slave owners should get reparations for losing their property. It's like saying R. Kelly deserves compensation for babysitting. See, this is my thing right here. Larry Elder, by the way, I forgot to mention, he's a black man and Candace Owens is a black woman. I think I've always commit, talked about uh, Candace Owens a couple of episodes, like way episodes ago, Candace Owens being a black woman. But you got two black people here talking about reparations. And then you got a black man on the exact same episode talking about how slave owners might be owed reparations, okay? Now, I looked it up and I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy, but here's what I found out about people being owed reparations back in that time whenever uh, slaves were um, released. On April 16th, 1862, President Lincoln signed the District of Columbia Compensated Emancipation Act. This law prohibited slavery in the district, forcing its 900-odd slave owners, well, slaveholders, to free their slaves, with the federal government paying owners an average of about $300 for each slave, which equivalents to now, which they did bring this back up for 2020 value, the equivalent $300 over to $8,000 per slave. So imagine that you had 10 slaves back then. That was $300. So that's $3,000 you would have got. But in today's, well, last year's time difference, that would have been $80,000 for a person's life. A person, not a property, not a thing. No, a human person that you are giving them back their freedom, giving them back their livelihood after you took it so many years off of them now, you are getting 80000 for those 10 slaves in today's value of market of money. What are we doing? What? Are, okay. All right. I'll bite. There, this was done but a headline just to throw it out there. The Cannon owns his name back into the limelight. And all right, I'm biting like a fish. I'm doing it. What are we doing? This interview was straight up two years ago, and this gets resurfaced now because he's running for uh, government in California. I get it. I get why we're doing this. I get why we throw it out there and I get it. I get it. I get it. I want people to understand that reparations is meant for people that were oppressed. Never the oppressors, but people that were oppressed. The Jews got it from the Nazis. Black people haven't got it from the slave uh, owners. We haven't got it from the American government. Not yet. I'll say it again and I'll say it every time. Our reparations, black America, and I don't know if you know this or not, I figured this out. Our black reparations is literally saying, nigga, in any constants that we want. We can say it at a business. We can say it in front of other people. We can say it in a crowded area. We can say it in classrooms. We can say that. They can't only say, oh my God, you use the language. Or they might say, stop using that language. Let me tell you something. That is our reparations. We ain't getting our acres. We ain't getting the money that we are that's deemed to us. That ain't happening. The only thing that we've ever gotten, and I'm going to say it again constantly, is saying the word nigga. That is it. Other than that, there's no other such thing as uh, reparations for us. I'm just going to be straight honest. I haven't seen it yet. I hope 
uh, I see it before I die out here, I'm not even going to try to front with you. I hope by God I get some type of reparation from my ancestors' uh, time for being slaves in this country. I do. But um, I get why we throw that clip around because he's running for politician in California. I get it. To damn him, I get it. I don't play the politician game. Politicians are going to do whatever they want. They're going to cede to whoever they want. They're going to back whoever they want. They're going to make win whoever they want. This was just nothing to get the internet upset, and by God, it worked. Let's just call it a spade a spade here. <sighs> but just the idea of a black guy saying this just infuriates me. Why do we always got to play the song and dance? Why? It's always us. You're not going to hear a white person come out of their mouth saying this. You're not going to hear a white person say, well, slave owners should be getting reparations. I haven't seen a white person say that yet. Because guess what? If they did on national television, boy, they got lit up by every news publication on the planet. You serious? That's like almost a Nazi uh, sympathizer, a Nazi person, a person that has Nazi background saying, hey, yo, the Nazis should get reparations for uh putting the Jews in some type of camps and feeding them and all this type of stuff. Do you not understand how much backlash somebody would be getting for saying that a Nazi saying that they should be getting reparations? My God, bro, we got to start looking at things. We got to look at things for the bigger picture. This was nothing but a big talking point to get Candace Owens back into the news and to do whatever they want to do with this Larry Edder dude. That's all it was. And it was a good talking piece. I'm just going to throw my two cents out to this. This was a dumb take. This thing should have never came out of his mouth, and that's how he felt. Hey, cool with you. But nah, dog. Black people are owed reparations, but the only reparations that we're ever going to get is saying the word nigga. All right? Let's just call a spade a spade here. And with that, uh, that's all I got to talk about this week. Because, again, this week was not really much uh, news-filled. Anything that... The only thing that took up the news was the people in uh, preparations for uh, the 9-11 uh, memorial that was coming up. Well, that happened yesterday. So, uh, yeah. And with that, let me give you guys my social media links before I get out of here. For Twitter, you can find me at my 2 podcast. Instagram, my 2 podcast g 2 and if you want to email me just to talk about anything, again, because life is precious, I don't need people to be transitioning off this planet. You can always talk to me if you need to talk to somebody. I am just a man that's here to either be a wall to just get your grievances out or a person that you just want to have uh, conversations with. But my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Matter of fact, I'm going to spell it out for you. M-Y, the number two, not T-W-O or T-O-O, but the actual number two, C-N-T-S. P-O-D, the at sign, Y-A-H-O-O dot C-O-M. So there you go for my email right there. Um, For past episodes and future episodes of the podcast, you can find them on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. So again, I want to thank you all for listening to my Two Cents Podcast uh, presented by G2, which is me and I am him. Um, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet, sweet, lovely voice again. I want you all to have a great Sunday and a great rest of your week. You will hear from me again. If you listen to me on my, uh, Saturday's episode, which is wrestling highlights of the week, you'll start listening to me there on a Saturday. But if you don't, and you only listen to the Sunday episodes. You'll hear from me again next, uh, Sunday where I talk about things going on in the news again. 
but until then, God bless. Have a great rest of your week. Please be safe out here on these roads. And um, please, 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 if you ever feel you need to talk to somebody, you can always email me. And I can just be either your listening board, your wall, or I can just be a guy that you can just have uh, some conversations with. It doesn't have to be anything other than what you want it to be. So again, this has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. I am him and he is I. I want you to have a great day, a great rest of your week. God bless. Godspeed. I'll be hoping that you guys listen to me next time. But this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from me again. So long. Take care. And Kanye, take them home, please. I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.